up to the club in my 1964 Caddy Street, ready to stomp at a quarter to one, just a looking for fun. I said, I twist for me, baby, hit a rip for me, baby, take another shot, get lit for me, baby, Ooh, it's a quarter to two. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the last episode of Blind Love Radio as we know it Um, in very dramatic fashion. I will just drop that this, um, this podcast is going to be changing and evolving editing edited perhaps it will evolve into something else I am not exactly sure what yet but I think I am capping um this season and this cycle I would say cycle feels like a really good word um and it is coming to an end it has brought me so much growth and this just feels like such a big um, Saturnian project from the start. I started it right at the beginning of my Saturn return and as Saturn is getting ready to close its chapter in Capricorn and it's going to be moving out of my third house and on to, I think, different responsibilities that I am going to have. And um, I think this podcast really helped me to uncover um, the true adult that I am and how to be emotionally responsible to myself or emotional stability. It really gifted me. Um, I feel like that was a weird rhyme. It gifted me emotional stability. Um, Yeah, it really did, though. There's something about everything that I uncovered from all of my guests. It was like that uh, lover's energy, that Gemini energy of when you hear this uh, truth through somebody else it totally just rings true in you and activates something um, and this podcast has been so activating that is definitely a great word for it um, I feel like I put off releasing this episode um, me and Aaron recorded this I want to say back in March of 2020 we are in deep in October and you know what I'm just gonna let it be it's funny that the podcast I started like moving away from it when cancer mercury and cancer um, was retrograde and now the retrograde in Scorpio is kind of inviting me to kind of dive back in and 
close this chapter. It's ready, ready to transform, and I am ready to transform. Um, but it definitely feels like a big ending, and there's a reason why I wanted to push it off, and because endings are so hard, you know, it's that Saturn, right? The idea of a finite amount of time. Um, but I think I've definitely learned the lesson that it was gifting me, I will say. Um, it was very, you know, Saturn has those growing pains. Um, it's not a comfortable transformation I think but it is at the end I think you feel more sturdy and I definitely feel more grounded than I did when I started this podcast and um, I'm so grateful for that I feel like I really uncovered a lot of truths about myself and just by talking to other people um, you guys know my whole life now, <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited to take this, you know, this creative energy that I have, um, and allow it to funnel into something else. Um, Mars has been in my sixth house and I have just been working so much and with Corona, fucking Corona, man, um, and because people can't wear masks, then this is just keeps going on. Um, so everybody wear a mask, please, please. Uh, and I would like to say everybody, please vote. This is a really important election. Um, and yeah, we need you to vote, request your ballots. You don't even need to go into the polling places, just request it by mail, do a drop off, uh, drop that shit off. Yeah. Okay. You guys know, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I don't want to get preachy. Um, but yeah, a lot of things have just come in and I don't have enough time to be able to do interviews and set up, um, you know, it takes time scheduling things and, I just don't have the space in my schedule right now. So I just need to accept that uh, this is, I have other responsibilities. And um, if Grace will allow it, then I will come back with a vengeance with something new, um, which I am totally open to. And we shall see. So without any further ado... This is my last amazing conversation with Aaron Aquarian. You guys love them. Full-time witch on Instagram. Definitely check out their work. Um, she's really amazing. I just admire how caring and... Um, giving of self. I feel like whenever I ask to do a podcast, they're always like, yeah, I'm totally down. Um, so thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on the podcast and 
um, taking the time to help guide us to be more amazing um, to each other because I feel like a little kindness and generosity of heart goes a long way, especially right now. Um, everybody's going through something. Everybody's, uh, everybody could use a friend. And I think when we do that, we really are doing our part. And I think that's really necessary right now with everything going on. And, um, yeah, let's do it. Let's help each other. Um, but the wisdom that Aaron shared in March still completely 1 million percent is relevant today. And I trust that I'm putting this episode out exactly when everybody needs to hear it. So I'm going to trust that and I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you check out Aaron's work on Instagram at Full Time Witch. You can find all of the links to all of her current projects and how to work further with her. Links are in her bio and check it out there. Um, yeah. Stay tuned because who knows what will come up with me in the future. Um, I definitely still want to keep podcasting in my life somehow. Um, and I'm going to trust that that way will reveal itself to me when it wants to. Um, so we'll all go on this <laughs> adventure together. So it is farewell for now, but not forever. And without further ado, how many times have I said that? Seven. Um, here is me and Aaron. I will catch you guys at the end. Bye. Come on, let's get it going. You can keep me rolling. At a quarter to three, you know what I need. Well, I'll twist for you, baby. Hit a rip for you, baby. Take another shot, get lit for you, baby. Oh, hey. It's a quarter to four. Do we have any more? Okay. Check, check. So, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Erin Aquarian. Um, I'm a full-time witch. And my Instagram is also at full-time witch. Uh, but I work with tarot and um, tarot archetypes to support healing and deprogramming and self-actualization within a dysfunctional world that has programmed us to be traumatized little robots. Um, I guess that's that's a current way that I'm describing my work um, is just really emphasizing that we haven't been help to be our best selves in our culture. So that's the focus of my work is to kind of support healthy human expression. I love that. What do you think is like coming up right now? I mean, I guess for you or as a collective with like the archetypes with everything going on. 
Um, well, we're in an emperor year, so I've been talking a lot about that in my work and just spaces that I hold. So there's a lot coming up around personal power and, you know, beha our behavior patterns as adults um, living in systems that are really disempowering and very unjust and abusive and oppressive. So just with regards to, you know, all of us living through a global pandemic and the many issues that are becoming clearer uh, to all of us that have always been there for people who exist in mar marginalized um, groups within our society, you know, like these, these issues are becoming clearer and clearer for the rest of us, um, for all of us to kind of recognize the failures of our society. So I really do feel that this um, resonates with the work of the emperor archetype, which I interpret as being about stepping into our empowered, mature, responsible adulthood and addressing the problems in our lives and our world. So um, it's a lot of work and it's, it's challenging and messy and, um, yeah, these are pretty difficult and exhausting times emotionally. Um, I think for a lot of us, just there's, there's so much happening that's really upsetting and challenging and really, um, you know, presenting so many, uh, difficult circumstances, you know, for each of us, because obviously we're all impacted differently by the pandemic and our sort of government response to it. Do you think that the emperor can be like medicine for this time? Or is it kind of like, I guess the, I don't even want to see the problem or like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like, is there something else that needs to like come in to kind of like help everything or can we kind of like dive deeper into this archetype to kind of see like, I don't know, like transform it into something different, but good. Well, when I reflect on the emperor and, you know, I have been for, many years at this point, but I feel like my relationship to the archetypes is always growing and evolving and um, I'm always learning more from them uh, in continuing to return to study them and, and communicate and receive information and impressions from the archetypes. So, you know, I, I understand the archetypes to be multidimensional and that there's aspects of them that we're familiar with. Um, and what we're most familiar with when it comes to the emperor is abusive male authority and leadership, patriarchy, um, oppressive systems, right? So I think a lot of us have, um, sorry, there's a cat over there climbing into a small box. <laughs> it's distracting me. Um, but a lot of us have negative associations and trauma around these archetypes because we've experienced them to be so harmful. So it's hard to 
identify how these archetypes relate to us personally and how um, it, they also represent developmental work that we need to be doing on ourselves. So when I started kind of tuning into the emperor at the end of 2019 and feeling into what I sense the work was going to be for 2020, uh, this like clear message that I got was around how, you know, we're conditioned in a social hierarchy to grow up physically and become physically mature adults, but remain in sort of disempowered childlike states mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That was like the main message that I was sort of getting from the archetype and how, you know, our society um, conditions and programs us to go along with um, the status quo and uh, the rule of authority figures, even when it's abusive and unjust, you know, we're sort of like forced to cooperate and be complicit. And, you know, in the times that we're experiencing and living through, you know, we're all being asked to no longer be complicit, you know, as authority continues to be unjust and abusive. And um, it's difficult and an uncomfortable time to sort of take responsibility for our individual parts. But that is what um, the emperor was really emphasizing to me, what the opportunity and um, responsibility that we are all going to have to play a part in changing our, our society, you know, because ultimately if we don't, um, there is no future for any of us. Like, you know, the, the same, um, misfortunes that come to people who lack privilege um, in our culture will eventually come for us too because ultimately none of us are members of the ruling elite class. So I guess um, a lot of my interpretations of the archetypes are also coming from my worldview as an anti-capitalist witch who has um, an agenda to promote social justice in the world um, and healing for everybody, not just healing for people who are in positions of privilege where um, they have access to healing spaces or healing um, modalities in ways that people who don't have privilege um, do not. Sorry if that was a really long. No, I love what you said about responsibility. Yeah. I mean, responsibility is part of adult life. So it feels um, so like Saturn with everything going on. And there's a lot of action happening with Saturn moving into Aquarius and all the planets in Capricorn. I'm just Mm -hmm. constantly reflecting on, um, you know, what it's like to grow up and be, I'm 38. So like well into my adulthood, I'm, I'm the same age that my mom was when she got pregnant with me. So, you know, like I'm a full on adult. Um, but feeling that, you know, we don't have very much power and agency to move about this world, um, 
in ways that feel very aligned with our ethics um, and sense of, of right and wrong, even because there's so much corruption and injustice happening politically. So it's a wild, intense and messy time, I think, for us as individuals in our little you know, quarantine bubbles right now because um, we're connected through the internet and seeing what's happening, but also we're really disconnected and um, it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on. So I, I really resonate that resonate with that idea of being connected, but then being so disconnected and feeling like that's so just like part of what I'm seeing with Saturn in Aquarius and Pluto and Capricorn in this like evolving, changing, like we want to be seen and be vulnerable, but we also don't want to be accountable and be seen for, I guess like what's coming up for me, I don't know if this is like random, but I kind of feel like it all like ties together. Like the idea of like Pluto and being seen for like Pluto and Capricorn, like this like whole like devil card vibes of like being seen in your like vulnerability. But then there's also like this shame attached to it and like being okay to be uncomfortable to like sit with the shame instead of like just feeling like they need to be separate and in order to like be seen you kind of have to like hide the shame rather than like heal the shame I guess by like being present and being I don't know I guess responsible in that way is that making any sense totally well I think about the devil card and um a main like one strong impression that I get from the devil devil card is about each of us learning how to be with our humanity um and like be with our potential and our capacity to um exist on a spectrum like we're not good or bad but living in a culture that enforces these binary constructs of good or bad and right and wrong and programs us to um, through shaming us for our mistakes and for being bad and for not doing the right thing. Uh, And then in, you know, over time we just learn to shame ourselves and go into that space when we do a human thing, like make a mistake or, you know, we shame ourselves through our process processes of learning and growth. And rather than just um, allow ourselves to be in a learning process, you know, like I I was thinking about this the other day and about how, um, how you would, help a child like learn to read, you know, or, or learn to speak, uh, and how, as we start learning in school or in systems institutions, um, I think that's a lot where the abuse and the shame begins, you know, like in our, um, kind of organized cultural spaces, but, um, internalized shame and guilt is such a huge part of like our work to heal and 
liberate ourselves from these dysfunctional patterns and programs of patriarchy and capitalism and white supremacy and these sort of like social constructs that um, that exist to really maintain a status quo. That's how I see it connected to like the larger systemic issues. Um, and uh, I think all of that stuff is like majorly triggered right now because we're at this critical turning point in our culture, you know, and there's so much space on the internet for us to learn and grow, but also um, we, we don't really know how to be compassionate with ourselves and others, like in the learning and growth process. And we bring that shame and guilt into it, you know, and if we're not feeling it, then we might be shaming somebody else for um, their process, which I don't think is super helpful. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I love what you said. So how um, can we kind of like, how can we be more, I guess, compassionate with ourselves and other people and be having these conversations and be open to like, I don't know, I guess, dive in and explore the shame and kind of like break down these walls within ourselves and with other people and also because I feel like that's kind of like breaking down the big systems right is like starting in your little microcosm around yourself yeah well I guess um my own process of healing um that's been very much connected to my relationship to the tarot which is 12 years old this year um, has helped me learn that the internal work is essential, you know, and like our, our work within our individual microcosms to become healthier people in relationship to one another is the most important work and that, um, you know, taking on the systems from the top down is not really a, a workable goal for a lot of us right now. Um, so it's okay to be working where you are. Um, and it's actually essential and um, noble to be working where you are to just do your best to become healthy, healthier and I think deprogramming is really the most important work that I can think of because, and when I say deprogramming, I mean recognizing and making a, a, a habit of examining our thoughts and feelings and reactions to others and the world around us and developing critical thinking around our own responses and reactions to what's happening in the world. So, um, an example of that can just be slowing down to kind of check in with yourself when you're having a strong feeling about something that's happening um, or something that you're seeing um, or experiencing in your daily life. And um, the tarot and astrology for me, these modalities are about mastery and um, 
learning how to be an ethical and empathic adult um, behaving in the world so as to not just recreate the same harm that we've all really experienced um, for our entire lives, you know? So I don't know if I like totally got off track with your question, but, but that's kind of like, (laughs) that's like what I'm thinking about pretty much all the time is just being a part of a culture that's very immature and self-centered and um, being trained to think that way and to um, cut off from others, like cut off your empathy channel to like how others are experiencing the world. And um, why do you think we do that? Because we've been trained to by our society, like from a very young age. Um, I think personally, like I was always an empath um, and I could see suffering and injustice in the world growing up from when I was really young and know that it was wrong. But when I would voice my opinions um, or express my feelings, I was told, you know, that's just the way it is or. um, Stop being so emotional. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone can relate, you know, we learn from a young age uh, to like not have empathy because if you think about the world that we live in um, and how much injustice creates so much suffering and so much harm to feel empathy, like is a skill that we need to learn because it can make you um, go into like a crippling depression or um, it can just make you want to check out and disassociate because to witness and confront um the sorrows of the world can really, um, yeah, like it can really hurt, right? I think that's but, like the big Neptune in Pisces thing right now that everybody's kind of grappling with. Yeah. Well, and, and in a culture that kind of on purpose teaches us to not care and to effectively distract ourselves from what's happening um, with, you know, TV or the internet or consumerism or, um, any of these, you know, like outlets that we have to distract ourselves from the pain and suffering that's happening on the planet. Um, we don't have very good skills around dealing with it. You know, like we have to learn skills to be present emotionally with what's going on and how to, move through all the uncomfortable emotions we experience when we feel pain or witness pain. Um, So this is part of my personal work uh, that I do just so I can sit with myself, you know, and, and feel like I'm in right relationship to my values Um, is that I have to have a practice around seeing things that are hard to see. And um, as a person who has privilege, you know, I have white privilege. I have the privilege of living in the U S and having like a safe place to live right now. And um, as a result, when I am confronted with um, 
people in situations that don't have the same privileges as me, it can trigger guilt. It can trigger, trigger, um, sadness, anger, grief, all of these things. And, you know, it's my job to work through those feelings. Um, not because there's any like action I can do to sort of like do anything about it necessarily, but just to retain my own humanity and my own ethics um, as a human, like living through these times on the planet, you know? So I guess like my stance on this is just um, coming from a lot of time spent reflecting on it and a lot of time thinking about what kind of person do I want to be in the world and and what do I want to be contributing to with my presence and my time um, on the planet? You know, like how, how can I be more of service to these issues that I care about and have always cared about since I was very small, um, I guess. Do you think that it's a theme that is related to the Scorpio full moon that's coming up at all? Um, well, I think about like the polarity of Taurus and Scorpio and like mm-hmm. having, having some strong Scorpio placements in my chart, I feel like I'm really attuned to, um, intensity and like that I, I have the capacity to, um, withstand really like intense emotional experiences like grief and death and suffering, Um, and also like my Scorpio is like this, like deep love, you know, for, um, the world and humanity. I think my Scorpio gives me, um, that kind of attunement to as well. So when I think about Taurus being, um, a sign of pleasure and luxury and abundance and enjoying life um, and how that actualizes in a consumer culture, in an individualistic culture where oftentimes like the things that give us pleasure um, are available to us at the expense of somebody else's suffering, Mm. you know, and just how, how like, we've experienced, you know, having things available to us, um, especially in the United States that like they're only available to us because of exploitation of cheap labor, you know, overseas, or there's, I just think that a part of our adult responsibility right now is to take an honest look at what we have access to, um, and face these things that like are uncomfortable are painful. That's sort of like what gets pushed, pushed into the shadow, which is sort of that Scorpio polarity thing, you know, and how, so how Taurus and Scorpio connect is, um, maybe we don't have to do anything, um, or like change our lifestyles drastically, but just to acknowledge, you know, that a lot of what we have um, doesn't find its way to us through the most ethical means. Um, and maybe that's something that we want to look at and 
start think about how we can uh, create changes. Um, these are just things I think about all the time. <laughs> yeah, I love those thoughts. And I think about with what you said, like Taurus being manifested as just consumer like buying things as love like that's totally I can see like a weird low vibe Taurus um kind of like in avoidance of our feelings like we'll go to buy things when we don't feel good and we want to like ignore what we're feeling I even think about it like with the pandem pandemic, like everybody hoarding things like mm -hmm. in an attempt to feel to not feel or like to deal with their feelings. Um, and I feel or like to feel secure to feel secure. Mm -hmm. Right. When every I mean, and what even is that? It's just a temporary illusion, you know, and um, this is not to judge anyone for how they're responding like I really believe that everybody's doing their best based on what they know and their survival skills and we haven't had good teachers in this culture about how to be good humans you know we have a lot of like lip service but um, when it comes to how society is structured you know corruption is built into the systems and we're just navigating that you know, so we're taught to not think about and not give consideration to how we get what we have and, you know, how we have security um, or a sense of safety, like in our, you know, prospective bubbles um, and at, at whose expense, you know, so my goal is just to like facilitate contemplation and conversation around addressing these really dysfunctional kind of um, hidden aspects of our society that are, are not hidden to, to folks who lack privilege, you know. Um, this is more like a conversation that people who have the privilege of comfort and safety, um, I think, are responsible to be having right now uh, because again, um, it's only a matter of time before things continue to deteriorate in our society where we're forced to um, more and more, I guess, kind of address what's not working. And I think this pandemic is, is just uh, the beginning of reality kind of getting closer to us, the reality of um, what's happening on the planet is not working um, for the ecosystem um, or for humanity or other species. And it's only a matter of time before, if we haven't been paying attention, if we haven't been um, choosing to do our best to participate in trying to do better, then um, I think we'll continue to be confronted um, in more uncomfortable ways. Uh, so 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the next year plays out i think with um the election and politics in the u.s and globally um it's a pretty intense time what do you think like a successful functional taurus relationship would be like I don't even know if I like worded that very well, but like we're talking about like how it can, how it is and can become very dysfunctional. Like what would a supportive, like what is real stability, I guess, in. I think real stability is collective health (laughs) Um, and collective well-being, not just individual. Mm -hmm. So. I think like a evolved Taurus would be someone who just doesn't, who cares more than just their own success and security Mm -hmm. Um, or someone who like, if they have managed to create individual success and security is attempting to expand um, that beyond just themselves. And um you know, I just ran into a friend yesterday who's a Taurus and we were just talking about how, how's it going? And and they're just like, well, like I'm basically rich with my unemployment or it was just like a very Taurus response to like, well, I'm doing fine. So I just think it's interesting when there's like a lack of I mean, I'm always just thinking about others and like, how are others doing and um, inclined to acknowledge, you know, that like, well, how many um, out there are not fine um, right now? And I don't know. It just feels like a weird time to be in a, a bubble around like, well, I'm okay, so... I'm not really worried about how other people are doing or what I can do to use my, my space of having enough to, um, share, redistribute, share, you know, or even just be a a verbal advocate that this isn't the norm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, what do you think about the page of cups? It's been coming up for me all the time with everything going on. Um, and feeling just very like, I don't know, like tapping into this like bigger collective emotional water. I don't know. That was a very short question. The page. But. Well, I think about the pages like corresponding to justice because I think of the pages as you know the card that comes after the 10 so um and an 11 and the 11 uh representing like us coming in I think of justice as being about waking up to the truth uh in the world around us and kind of reclaiming um being a critical thinker and um, finding your voice to speak your truth and your opinions or 
finding your voice to speak on behalf of those who are being are not being heard or being sort of erased from the conversation. So um, I think of the pages as being sort of related to those justice themes, but with within their, you know, category of being like page of cups would be emotions. So maybe like how we learn to have empowered thought about our emotional experience or that beginning stage of emotional mastery where we're expanding our capacity to feel all of the emotions, not just the ones we like to feel, but like how we are able to experience these emotions such as grief or sorrow and and developing more intelligence around that aspect of the human experience Um, or just kind of deepening and developing intuition and, you know, our psychic skills and um, that these, these parts of us, we haven't been taught how to be developed in you know, in in the culture that we live in, I think we're all at different stages of reclaiming our gifts um, and our birthrights as multidimensional beings um, who have deep capacity and and creativity. And um, so that's the kind of stuff that comes up for me when I see the pages is just kind of like a expansion and awakening to, you know, the parts of us that we choose to develop. I feel like so many people are struggling with those really tough emotions right now, whether they're seeing them just reflected within themselves and they're going through it or they're really tapping into the collective unconscious of all of like the pain and poverty and inequality and suffering going on Um, to people who are like really in the thick of it, or maybe they're like just kind of tuning into it and it's really overwhelming. Is there anything I guess you would suggest for how they can deal with it? or anything like that? Yeah, well, um, I would just say thank you to anyone. Um, Like, I'm so grateful when people are willing to feel the pain of this experience, you know, like that we're all in together. And when you're willing to feel pain on behalf of someone who's not your life, not your friend, not your family member, but, you know, the pain of people we don't know, um, I hold that a lot. So it feels like I hold that on behalf of the many people who are still kind of shut down and tuned out because it is so hard, right, to like be present with it. I mean, I spend a lot of my time and my life feeling sadness and grief and that's just something that I've accepted is part of how I move through the world and that's not everybody's job but um it is part of mine so I you know I want people to know that it's more complex and nuanced than just 
feeling like depressed and hopeless about the state of the world um, and getting stuck there, but just being willing to accept that this is a part of where we're at um, and part of the necessary work that we have to do in order to contribute to healing and improvement um, as a society, you know? And I think that as we all learn to be more like healthy emotional beings in a, in a culture that has really taught us um, to be emotionally shut down or to, you know, only want to feel good and happy and to freak out, you know, when, um, when we are upset or when someone else is upset or angry, you know, just like how um, intense emotions can be really triggering to witness, to experience, you know, that uh, like that page of cups is a good archetype for us to think about emotional growth, you know, and think about, you know, when we were growing up and experiencing our own emotions or experiencing life, you know, what it was like to receive nurturing and support and unconditional love or not to experience that and receive that and how we have the opportunity, you know, as we are growing up into adult life to be loving and compassionate, like for real, you know, and not just conditionally when we feel like it or when we want to, or when it's comfortable for us, but that um, we have the opportunity to do better than we were taught to do. And it feels really good, even though it's hard, you know, like for me, like it's worth, it's worth it um, to go through the hard emotional work um, of, of becoming more mature and and expanding my capacity to be present with what is happening, you know, in the world around me. I guess so. Um, I also want to people to know that if they're struggling with this, it's not their fault. Like nobody teaches us how how to do this. And um, in fact, we get taught in so many ways to not do it. Um, so having compassion and patience for your own process and for your own feelings um, is a good place to start, you know, and to just be humble about how much we have to learn if we want to be better adults than our leaders, our shitty fucking leaders. Um, And examples of, of adult human behavior that's unfortunately really toxic and dysfunctional thinking back to like last year being the hanged one and this year moving into the emperor it feels a lot like ending old cycles to kind of become the leaders that we kind of wish to see in the world yeah i definitely after sitting with the hangman all of 2019 and then the hangman hang one is my year card personally for 2020. Um, I think a lot of what I've been learning about the hanged one is just about this practice of 
being present with pain and discomfort and suffering, whether it's mine or somebody else's, and then taking the time to cultivate my response to it. And then the Empress being part of the hanged one and the Empress being this sort of anchor of unconditional love and patience and generosity and, and compassion. So connecting those dots is helpful for me, you know, and thinking about the Empress coming before the emperor and sort of having a a loving foundation um, for how we operate in the world as adults uh, and taking responsibility. Like even when we see, you know, from the top of the power structure on down, such a lack of empathy coming from like our president is a good example, just complete, um, like psychopathic apathy almost. And, um, allowing that to kind of, I don't know, I I kind of allow that to fuel my fire for being more, bringing more empathy, um, wherever I can, you know, even in, in, if it's just in my thinking of others, um, Don't know if I answered the question. (laughs) Um, Another question. What do you think about the eclipse season moving into Gemini? And what do you think? Mm -hmm. I I don't even know. I feel like I'm still kind of processing the Cancer Capricorn eclipses because my North node is in cancer and my South node is in Capricorn. So I feel like I got hit personally um, during that whole eclipse portal. Um, My guess would be that, You know, the first thing that comes to mind is around Gemini being about your friends and neighbors mm-hmm. and us going through this, like at a time where we're really um, contained to like our local community, local community. Yeah. And Sagittarius being like globe, global um, and travel and um, like spiritual expansion and um, so I guess I'll have to reflect more about that and get back to you later, but just kind of the relationship between how like we are, you know, both like a local community and a global community and how the internet, um, is our main way of connecting right now since we can't connect in person and since, a lot of travel is suspended, you know, locally and globally. Like we're, we're still confined to, you know, our blocks right now um, or not going about the world, you know, like we were before the pandemic. So I don't know, maybe a lot of stuff around communication and, and having, um, effective communication to solve 
the problems that we're dealing with too, like feels like it could be relevant. Um, since Gem Gemini is so much about communication and, you know, adapting to different perspectives to create connection. I guess the second eclipse will be around the time of the election, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because um, I, what's his name is, uh, is he a Gemini oh, Leo. son? Leo with Gemini and Sag too, I think. So mm. I think these eclipses are hitting his chart um, directly. I've definitely heard astrologers are, are talking about, um, you know, and, and doing an analysis of his chart and, and how they are reading into like how the eclipse season might impact him and the political, um, situation, debauchery of, of the U S state of affairs. What a shit show. What a shit show. I agree. It's hard to like navigate. I don't know. It's hard to feel all of it. Yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of time feeling it all. And then I spend a lot of time decompressing with, you know, watching VHS tapes. You know, <laughs> I love that. taking a break and just existing in a simpler time. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that balance is important for people right now? Like to, yeah, to take breaks I, from it? You don't always have to be feeling I think, everything. I think, yeah, balance is important. And if you think about it all the time and feel helpless and tortured, maybe you can afford to take a break. Um, and if you, if you're taking a break and using this time um, to check out, maybe you can afford to check in a little bit more and feel into what's happening. Um, and that this is a pivotal time, I think for us as a society and, um, and we all have a part in it. You know, even if we don't think that we do, we really do. Mm -hmm. Like we don't all have to be frontline activists, um, who are informed and like with well articulated viewpoints, you know? But we all do have a part. I feel like um, that's the Gemini thing of all of it, too. Like, we all have, like, some voice in the conversation, no matter how small it is. Totally. So, if you were to kind of, like, leave people with one bit of, like, medicine around... I guess everything that's going on, how we can be more compassionate humans to ourselves and one another. And maybe like one thing we can kind of take away as like an active or inactive uh, maybe ritual or step or something. I don't know. That was poorly articulated. Um, you know, I think it's a good time to watch Disney's Robin Hood. 
um, and find stories and archetypes that can help us think about what kind of person we want to be in the world, you know, and it's really easy to numb out and just give up and say, fuck it all. And like, just be like, okay, like, I'm just going to wait for this to be over. Um, and I think what I've learned from the last four years of this insane, um, like political unfolding into what looks a lot like fascism (laughs) and it's really scary. Um, I think what I've learned is that, you know, my, my empathy and my willingness to look right at like all of the injustice that's happening and just find a way to not look away and not distract myself and, and pretend like love and light is going to be the medicine that we need, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I just think that it's, it's worthwhile to um, be honest with ourselves about what's really happening and that, um, and to accept all of the feelings that come along with it, like fear and sadness and disappointment and grief and anger And that um, even if we're just doing that, we're doing our part somehow in the process of whatever is happening collectively, like whatever evolution is happening, I think um, being present and participating, even if it's just emotionally, is a really important thing for us to be doing right now. And, um, I guess finding ways to contribute too. And, you know, if you don't feel good or agree with what's happening, start to talk about it, you know, with your, with your friends or with your family, um, or with your community, you know, like, don't worry about being like a a bummer boner killer, um, (laughs) for for bringing attention to you know some aspect of what's going on um i think that's part of like the bummer of the emperor is like that we all have a difficult job to do right now in some kind of a way um because we all have a responsibility to restructure how we're existing individually and collectively and we can't wait for leadership to make those changes from the top down. Like the changes are really going to come from the grassroots level, you know, and how we, um, how we work at a community level to support each other um, and to build like networks for mutual aid and, and collective care, you know? So I guess that that would be what I would invite and encourage people to think about right now and to make connections with, with um, people who are doing that work since a lot of us don't know how and myself included, I'm just learning and and growing in this process too and learning about um, like what mutual aid is and 
how to support kind of grassroots activism that's based on social justice and, you know. I love that. That was great advice. My thought is that I want to start like a little community garden next to my little library. So then like everybody in my community can just like come and get a tomato or whatever they need. And it's like a tiny something, but. Yeah, I think that I'm seeing a lot of that too. And, you know, everybody is like planting and tending and growing. And yeah, I think that, um, our nature as humans is really loving and generous and wanting to care for each other. And we've just given up because we live in a world that makes it so hard to do that. And um, we live in a world that doesn't, that's not very like caring and generous towards us. Um, and, and so any acts that sort of promote that energy, I think are so valuable right now. Um so I love it. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me about yeah. all of these important topics. Yeah. Thanks for having me on to talk about Scorpio themes and Taurus season when we all just want to be partying and have a good time, you know? <laughs> I'm a Scorpio <laughs> rising, so I'm down to get into yeah. the dark yeah, shit. Totally. Uh, where yeah. can people find you and what kind of offerings do you offer and where can people find more? Well, people more can, Aaron? the, the fastest place to find me is just at full-time witch on Instagram, uh, or my website, erinaquarian.com. And both of those places, um, have active, um, you know, my current offerings. And right now I'm just doing a lot of online workshops and classes um, that are really accessibly priced, you know, like, and I have a free weekly support group called Unity Immunity Community every Monday at noon Pacific Standard Time. So that's free or donation-based and there's registration um, on my website. Uh, and also I'm in a band called Void Realm and we just released a full length album. So if people want to hear my music, they can visit voidrealm.bandcamp.com. Um, I also do video spell work so you can look me up on YouTube and, um, see like all of the art that I do. Um, in addition to talking about like heavy shit. I'm also kind of funny and fun. <laughs> I'm only like a buzzkill some of the time, like when I really need to be, but um, I also work really hard to, to balance that out with entertainment. I also like um, to laugh, folks. <laughs> yeah, I like to laugh, you know, but I just have to give this like heavy disclaimer um, first and foremost um, about these serious topics, but uh yeah so I also do one-on-one -on -one session work um I do lifetime readings 
and existential readings and um, tarot mentoring for people who, you know, like are at that level of wanting some support around developing their practice or their business. And I have some sliding scale session work available too. So I just, I try to have like a wide range of things available um, from at the free level, like up to like people can pay me to work with me if they, if they can, if they have the means to and want to support what I do or just resonate with my vibe. Um, yeah. So come and talk to me. Yay. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having this podcast. So many great conversations. guys so much for listening thank you for being a part of this community um like i said it is goodbye for now but i will definitely talk to you guys again um but this season of blind love radio is officially closed i feel like i am closing a chapter of my life Oh, it was so, what's the word? I can't sum it up in one word. Um, monumentous, maybe. Uh, that that feels right. Um, so thanks for listening. And I hope you guys loved this podcast as much as I did. Oh my God, what a special place in my heart. Um, so keep in touch with me on Instagram at blind love radio. Um, you can keep up with any projects still stay, (laughs) I can't talk, still stay subscribed, um, because I will release anything about upcoming projects here. And then also I'll post it on Instagram, like I said, at blind love radio. So keep in touch. Um, yeah. All right. I love you guys. It's so I'm like holding hand over heart. Um, thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. It wouldn't be anything without you. Thank you to all of my guests who came on the podcast and thank you, Aaron, for closing us out, even though you didn't know this was going to be the last episode, but, um, regardless, I love you guys. Bye. Shout out to our song, Cocaine Country Dancing.